This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris connects people like you with podcasts, videos, and live experiences about artists and topics you love. Check out OsirisPod.com and sign up for the newsletter to stay in the loop about new podcasts and events. And don't forget to check out the new Leftover Salmon record, Something Higher. Turner and Seth, and we are revisiting the Electric Forest sessions, interview sessions, uh, for with one of our quick tweeners here. Yes, we're going to do a quick tweener. Thank you, Osiris, for... Uh, That's the Osiris Podcast Network. For those uh, you who are unfamiliar, OsirisPod.com. You can sign up for the newsletter. They have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, all summer, there were events at festivals and so forth. The summer's coming to an end, so we're going to start spotlighting different podcasts since we don't have that summer festival thing to shout it from the mountaintops about Osiris we're going to use our festival and and uh, in the outros of our main episodes we're going to feature our another podcast. Our, our yes our, what I say our episode yeah and then you said our festival our festival someday you know I know a site up in Canton Georgia where we could do an inside out fest it'd be Can- so fun. Canton just sounds like a place people go to sleep Sounds where that it's not for the can do people. It's for the can can. Ooh, I like that. That was for you, baby. Thank you. Uh, so we're on the break of uh, of another break. So um, and, and that doesn't really mean that we're breaking up or anything like that. It's just uh, travel seasons upon us. And what are you going to do? But we've got some good good content to share with you. Uh, next episode is going to feature leftover salmon members of leftover salmon and members of the infamous string dusters in a spontaneous quartet for us. We handpicked four four musicians. They were kind enough to accommodate us, and um, we'll explain all that to you in our next episode. Mm-hmm. But a big thank you to our sponsor and friends, Pole Clark and Associates. I guess you could say right there, Rob. Are they they do have associates there? Uh, but Pole Clark, uh, amazing accounting firm here out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and if you are looking for an accountant firm, please check them out. Pole Clark. And Robert Pillay. 
hope to have him on the show sometime. We've, we've really only had him on once. We need to... <laughs> We need to we find a way to work him in. We should do another one of those episodes where we just call him. <laughs> That's unplanned calls. <laughs> so anyway, this was conducted behind the carousel. Behind the carousel. Any Hollies fans out there? It's for the Hollies fans. Uh, the carousel at Electric Forest, which, man, I had a great time. Thank you again, Osiris, for getting me out there. Thank you, Seth, for setting it all up. Seth is very much part of the fabric of that festival, aren't you, Seth? Um. Sure. No. I mean, I've, I've worked with them since the beginning, since it was Rothbury, uh, and I run our work exchange team, the volunteer management program. And there, it's not volunteers; it's fan staff. We do the fan staff program there. And uh, the everyone orchestra was performing on this thing called the Carousel Stage, which is a big kind of hi hat circus kind of atmosphere. So the sound is a little rough in there. It wasn't called the Carousel Stage. What? What is it called? No, you put him on the spot. It was the um, what the heck did we call that? The hangar. That's the hangar stage. Is it? Yeah, it's the hangar. Well, it was very, very fun, very festive, but the sound wasn't the greatest. Um, but it was on the edge of where all the brothels and all that. It was like a mall of weirdness. The, the hangar. That's that's the hang- The whole yes. thing is the hangar, but I yeah. thought the stage at the end was did the they, carousel. Did they call it the carousel this year? You well, may you be know better right. than I, man. You're Johnny, uh, you're Johnny Electric Forest. Come well, on. I mean, I pay attention. Look, I'm going to pull out his phone. All all right, I'm put it well, Seth, you go ahead and look no, it up. No, no, I'll, no. I'll no. Tell you, them. you do the research, Rob, if we, if we know anything <laughs> about this show. No, but uh, everyoneorchestra.com, because this is really... <clears throat> since we're from Atlanta, we have a special attachment to this, I think. Uh, Ricky Keller was... Um, the man who used to conduct the Zambieland Orchestra here, he was very tied into the world of the Colonel. He was a bassist. He was a he was also a producer. He, he had a studio in his house, up, you know. And uh, people still record in there. As a matter of fact, I ran into Daniel who plays with um, oh, Charlie yeah. Wooten. He, yeah. He's remember you're very far off mic. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, they're playing uh, Terrapin Crossroads November eighth and 9th. And then they got just a few dates on the books. Before you jump into that, Rob, sure. you no, let I our did. listeners know who don't know Everyone Orchestra. You're throwing dates out about a band they might not know. You the have thing to that's plan neat. to improvise when you play with Everyone Orchestra. Ah. The thing about Everyone Orchestra is Matt Butler gets an ensemble of musicians together, um, and it's always different players. There are a lot of people that do rotate and play in you know a lot of his projects, but it's something that's very um, just, I mean... He essentially conducts them, and they make up music on the spot. Correct. And it's always really good musicians. And that's the connection with Ricky, with Ricky Keller, who was a bassist here in Atlanta, part of the whole Colonel world, who did the whole thing. Zambieland Orchestra would usually... <laughs> we felt the Colonel recently uh, uh, at the uh, String Dusters and Salmon Show and at David Byrne last night, which we'll talk about in our next episode. But um, Birdie's bothering you. I'm sorry. Birdie, my dog is up his track. Seth right now. <laughs> anyway, it was really cool. Matt uh, was very busy. Again, like a lot of these musicians, they're at these festivals, they got a lot of stuff going on, and they squeeze us in. We were in that uh, cute little tent backstage behind uh, behind where he was performing, and he sat down with us, and it seemed like uh, if we had known this was going to be a whole episode, you know, we could have turned it in and talked to him longer. I don't know. Do you remember why we didn't talk longer? Yeah, you only had so much time, and we were keeping everything short for a reason. Uh, for those that haven't heard already, we did release the other, some other footage from Electric Forest. We're, we're, most of the footage we're releasing, uh, the interviews and whatnot, are, um, are going through the Osiris Network, and it's all available via YouTube. And so if you go to YouTube, you go to the Osiris uh, website or channel there. Sure. Uh, Natalie Kresman interview, uh, and then Corey from uh, Main Squeeze. Main Squeeze. Also, that's right. interviews from Sweetwater uh, um, with Spafford, String Dusters, and Humphreys, and all kinds of stuff, particularly fish fans who check that out because there's a lot of uh, 
check-ins from the summer tour and fall tour. Fall tour is coming up. There will be check-ins from the fall tour. Yeah, they're doing check-ins, but they're doing a um, the couch series. So yes, a couch report they call it. Um, it's really good for the hardcore fish fan. But um, let's let's get right to the interview, Seth. What do you say? Right. Well, and just so you, um, just the music you're going to be hearing is not from the show. It's actually off their album. Uh, he explains which, it. It's somewhat improvised. He kind of. They improvise in the studio, and then he'll isolate certain things that he likes, and then he'll go back. So it's not exactly structured improv. It's all born out of improv, and then there'll be elements of structure moving. You know what I mean? It's created improvisationally, but there are it's, it's somewhat structured. How, can you say it better than that? Yes, exactly. Matt Butler. Seth, we talk about improvisation a lot on our show, and we're taking it to the most extreme as we're sitting with a man who works with improvisation literally every minute of every moment he's on the stage, and almost every moment of his studio release, Mr. Matt Butler of Everyone Orchestra. Matt, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thanks for giving us your time, busy man. Busy. Having fun, though. Feeling blessed. And we're at Electric Forest. You've, you've performed here before, I imagine. Uh, last weekend and last year and then two years before that. But, not, but this, this year, it's, it's not just one set. I mean, you're like doing three sets a weekend, right? Two sets a weekend, so four total sets. That's a four lot. Four completely different, unique lineups. Oh, each one's a different lineup. Yes. Wow. Well, the godfather of our show is Colonel Bruce Hampton and a man yes. who is... Um, very closely associated with him and who would often do something very similar to what you do at Zambieland Orchestra. Yes. Thanks is Mr. Ricky Keller. Yes. Now you met him a few times or just once? Uh, I played in Zambieland Orchestra one time and under the direction of Ricky. And I met him briefly there, but it was with, I think, almost 70 musicians that particular one. It was was just a massive, you know, three drum sets, 11 guitars, four bass rigs, Six keyboards, like, I mean, it was mayhem. And this is before you ever did any... Yeah, you started this in 2001, what you do, right? Yeah, so I was, uh, what I was doing at this point was I was hosting an open mic and facilitating jams. I was facilitating drum circles, which was conducting, but I had never thought about actually, and I I was using a list behind the band of what, what, like, everyone could write ideas that we could play from. But the whole idea of using a cue card, I was like, oh, well, that's fucking brilliant, you know? So that was definitely the cue card moment was a Zambieland thing. And then, you know, when I first did EO, I didn't think of myself as the conductor. 
I was just facilitating bringing everybody together, playing drums, and then hiring the various conductors. Uh, so I'd hire like Ty North, uh, Jamie Janover, had Mike Sugar from Jam Bay, had uh, Dan <laughs> Bay's Le- your previous Dan, band. Yeah, yeah, Dan Lebowitz conducted. You know, Lebon. all these different people conducted. Fishman conducted. We had lots of just experimentation. And then through that process, I kind of thought, you know what? This conductor role, it's not just what I've seen. There's a whole potentiality for group composition and facilitation that I wanted to explore. So, And it kind of inseminated like the experience of Zambiland, of like the large ensemble, like full-on freak-out, improvisational, be-in-the-moment like gospel kind of vibe. It was like it felt like a gospel tent. It really does have a gospel feel yeah. to it because of the community and the audience even gets involved. <clears throat> right, right. But that's um, a, I would say that's a big piece, though. Was it always because the audience is engaged? I mean, you you know the yes is a great example. I mean, you bring the audience in, and you and then you you'll put it to the horn section, then you'll wave it back to the audience, and you get this energy flowing like it's 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 arrived. I I try to facilitate it. You know, I try to like I, like. If anything, I'm a human volume knob, and I'm trying to like tweak the volume because I think like dynamics is one of those like the spirit kind of lives in the dynamics, right? And a lot of times, just going from loud to soft, from soft to loud, just makes everyone come together, kind of feel something. So, just trying to feel what, whatever that energy is and, and wants to be, because I go into each show with a clean slate of just like the idea of letting all these musicians have a really great time playing together and feel like they have space to create and to be heard and to uh, just have an amazing, unique experience together. Let's talk about that process because, um, sorry, Rob, <laughs> sorry, I, I see you have something there, but uh, let's talk about that process because here you get a, a group of very, very talented musicians. Now, a lot of them are jam band people. A lot of them have played on different uh, jam rooms on jam crews, etc. like people that have, have played together and can do it, but, but is there a science to who you put together? And then is there any like talk game show prep before you get on stage? Uh, so part of the science is having some old friends and new friends and people that have done it, people that haven't done it. I, you know, I, I like, especially at the festivals, having kind of a mix. I mean, I've definitely gone in to a lineup at a festival where I don't know a single person there and nobody's done it. And we fucking, it's heroic, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of from that, but each show is different in the sense that there's a baseline from that first note of unfamiliarity to that last note where we're like, we're about to buy the van and go on tour, you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm aiming for is that ramp, you know, it's the blossom. And sometimes if I have, you know, if I'm doing an Evan Orchestra with like, you know, a bunch of, of, of with Jen and Natalie and, and members of Mo and just the people that have done it a lot that are kind of in my, Steve pod, on my, peer, my peers that we're starting on another level and blossoming from there, you know, oh, yes. but often with other new people along the way. That's one of the reasons why, like, you know, Steve likes to do this with me is because there's always new energy coming around and, and he, it's just a comfortable place to meet people on a super intimate musical level. But I got to know, you're 17 years in now. Back in 2001, when you're first doing it, how tough was it to get people on board, to talk them into doing it, and then to get them on, you know, to, to, to follow, well, to, to drink the Kool-Aid? It was, it was a different thing from the beginning. Like, like, when it first started, it was kind of like a variety show. I mean, and I was the host. 
and I would do like I had I had a spot where I could do my singer songwriter thing. My band Jambay might be able to play. I was playing drums for ALO, so they'd be able to play some songs. And then I'd bring out some singer songwriters. Then we'd all jam at once, and Ty would conduct us, or Jamie would conduct us, or somebody would conduct everybody, and we'd do like one jam number, and then that would be the end of the first set. Second set would be the same thing: little featured slots, and then a jam conducted thing at the end. But then I realized. Really, the thing that was really unique, what people were really fucking digging on, was the jam. And I just started to rivet it down to, like, let's just do that part. Instead of doing what we do at all the other shows, let's just do that part, you know? Um, And then I could bring it to a festival and just do that part. So, um, what was the question again? (laughs) How was it, how hard was it when you you step apart from the people you already know and you're starting to reach out beyond that and it's still a new thing? Was it difficult to get people who hadn't done it before on board? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I had the, the opportunity to meet a lot of these people as a drummer for Jam Bay. I mean, my band... Before Jam Bass, before Jam Crews, before Jam Bands was a word, my band was called Jam Bay. Right. And right. we were like, we were trying to be the, the West Coast progressive rock, like Grateful Dead young thing, you know? That when, when we first heard Fish, we're like, oh, they're doing just what we're doing, you know? But we we're in our own way. We had a whole different take on it, you know? We heard this band Fish and they're just jamming. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, you know, I could just, we just related. We were just right there with them, you know? Um, so. So when I first came, when I started to bring people together, and I was like, I, I managed those bands. I booked, I, you know, I, when we, Jam Bay lived in Seattle, I booked clubs in Seattle. I, you know, did, we played with Blind Melon, and I knew all those, I mean, we were part of this, all these different circles. So when I started to bring all these vast amounts of musicians together, it was kind of like, I already had a lot of the numbers, you know? And so just kind of that part it fell together because, you know, I'd be like, hey, Vince, it's kind of what, you know, I'd say, it's just what we did, you know, that one time when Jambayan Leftover all played just jam. He's like, oh, it's kind of Zambish. I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. And you've worked with Phil Lesh, and you're about to work with him again at Terrapin Crossroads. You Talk know, about having someone like that on stage. It's, it's a surreal thing. Like even that- Bob Weir can't tell Phil Lesh what to do sometimes. <laughs> I, You know, I don't like to think that, that I'm like telling people what to do. But you are. I'm I'm inviting. I'm, okay. I, I, I'm 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 humbly asking them to to give a certain a certain a presence to what I bring, like to the stage, and and but within that, I'm I'm there I'm there to respond to what they're doing also. Nah, so right. you know, and as the, as a group, I play a role, and as an individual relationship, is a huge trust thing, and so. It's a trippy thing. Uh, I mean, very early on when I started conducting, I started like I mean, I had Adrian Blue on my stage, like like Adrian Blue. Like I mean, I don't know, maybe twelve or fifteen gigs into this thing, as as when I started conducting, I I mean, Adrian Blue was on the stage. So it's I like, didn't know that. Some really exciting. I mean, it's just like my a lot of my heroes have ended up on my stage before, and so to have Phil kind of show up on stage last year at Tumble Down in July, and then you know, so I ran into Phil. I was on a run. In, in Burlington, I ran to Phil and Jill, and I know Graham, and I just and I stopped his son, it, and I introduced myself to them. Sure, why not? And said I'm playing, you know, with Graham later on. Everyone orchestra. He had, didn't really have any idea what it was, and then and, and he was intrigued by like conducting what you know. And then Graham called me, he's like, so my dad wants to come later <laughs> on, you know. And he he's like, I'm just going to sit in for like the first song. He played for an, like an hour and fifty minutes. I mean, the other bass players just kind of sat back and like uh, we're yeah. we're done. You know? I'm still getting paid, right? <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, that was 
That was different. Did he compare it to the acid test at all? Because there was some element of that in the acid test. I mean, okay, I mean, you know, I lived with Ken Kesey and worked with Ken Kesey with Jam Bay. I mean, shit. Yeah, there's a whole... <laughs> yeah, Jam Bay, <laughs> like I said. <laughs> lived with Ken Kesey. We, we lived... when we, you know, we were a touring band, and for a few years, uh, we were a pit band in a play called Twister that Ken had this grand scheme for. First of all, he was going to have us open up for the Grateful Dead Austin Stadium, um, and Jerry got sick and canceled that one. And uh, we were like... That was like a big so moment 92. for us. Yep. Okay. Or whatever, 93, 92? 90, 90, 93, know. they played with Huey, and 94, they played with like Indigo Girls or something. I can't remember. I, the years are a little fuzzy at this point, I especially I might be right, right now. You say the years but, are fuzzy, but you don't look like you're any older than 30. Right. It's a, it's a trick. <laughs> Improvisation <laughs> keeps you young. I, and hair All dye. I can say is, I, I, I can just relate it. When I was first doing this, when it was like in the, in the, in the 90s in Jam Bay, and Jeff Sype told me how old he was, I was like, no way, dude. You look like you're 30. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, music can keep you young if you don't you know, smoke and drink too much. Ken Kesey story. Come on. Give us uh, one. Thinking a lot about Ken Kesey recently. So I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Kesey was a legendary figure in, in town. And our families had had some interaction through the Eugene Symphony. My mom was a fan of the Eugene Symphony. Ken was a celebrity that they would have for fundraisers to conduct and my mom loved him and kind of feared him because he would show up kind of like wasted sometimes or just be so eccentric that he would just like, you know, like the stuffies, you know. But the crowds would love it. So they'd always have him back, you know. It's like this kind of a little bit. He was a prankster. I mean, at heart, he was dangerous like to have in, in a public setting, right, you know. Right, Um So I called him up and I said, I think I've got the greatest band in the world and uh, you know my mom from the symphony, and I think we should open for the Grateful Dead. And he invited us to their house for a party, wow. for an open mic. And he's like, the winner of the open mic gets to open up for the Grateful Dead. <laughs> Damn. And, uh, and, and they began a, a great friendship with Ken and uh, Jam Bay and the Lazy Porch Dogs. You know, we, we lived on his ranch off and on for like four years while that thing with the dead fell through. But then this play came about, and he was making a, if We filmed it. We did a bunch of gigs. I mean... I was talking to Timothy Leary, you know, when you know before Timothy Leary died. He gave me everybody's phone number, and I had all these people trying to help Jam Bay like become just stay like keep going. You yeah, know? yeah, that's <laughs> great. Hard to be a jam band on the West Coast. <laughs> it was, in the it was 90s without the internet. You would say it was like the uh, it was the modern GoFundMe back then. <laughs> kind of like that. I don't know. So uh, you know, he was, he just became a, a good friend and mentor that really believed in Jam Bay, and you know. Jambe broke up. I stayed in touch with Ken, and I probably shared the concept of everyone orchestra. This is not me conducting, but the concept of it. Sure. Um, about ten months before he passed away, and he was like, "Oh, I love it! I love it!" You know. I mean, I think it had a lot. I mean, Twister was all about crowd interaction, and they had. They, I mean, they they had a. They would give out like a program, and the program had instructions on what dance to do during what song we played. You know, and it was like this whole, it was like a take on Wizard of Oz. I mean, it was kind of a failure in a way, but like I learned so much from the process of doing this thing, you know, this, this crazy twister play. I think play. that's a big, that's a, that's a really big lesson for a listener, for any listener for that matter, but everything doesn't have to be successful, but there are sometimes lessons that will take you to success. Oh, hell, you can learn a lot from failures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's why I'm so wise. Yeah. My whole life has been one. So, yeah, Ken Kesey. 
I don't Let me know ask one more thing on Ken Casey. Yeah. Did you ever talk about Egypt? Did you ever talk about sleeping in the pyramid? No. Never talked about that part. Just curious. Getting back to everyone orchestra. Yeah. I'm, like anything in life. Oh, so Phil Lesh. We were talking about like... Sure, go, go into Phil. I mean, so having my heroes on stage is a trip. But I've really... I've come to believe that what everyone... That everyone orchestra offers a lot of musicians a whole different way to kind of look at performing and to playing music with people. It's kind of a game. It's a, it's a mind... Fr- it's, a, it's a little bit of a mind frame, you know? And it takes a little bit of moments to, to, to understand what it is. Some, if you listen to it, if you just listen to it, you're not going to get it. If you see it, you might get it. But if you have a concept and you really understand what's going on, you might go, ah, oh, you have an aha moment, you know? And I feel like Phil had an aha moment when he sat in and he did this thing. And... Going to play one and then ended up right and 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 so he invited us down to do more shows. So it's just kind of evolved. So we've done two of them at Terrapin, and I'm doing one next week. Where, I mean, I've got this crazy collaboration going with Ivan Neville is playing keys. Um, I have Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction playing oh, drums, Stephen who's Perkins. one of my heroes. You yeah, know? and I know he's got a soft spot for the Grateful Dead, and he's in the improvisation. But it's like you know. I just called him up and said, I'm doing this thing with Phil. I need a drummer. He'd be like, oh, my God, dude. I've been watching what you're doing. I love you with Phil Lesh. Fuck, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, Ken gave you that number years ago. Right. No, but anyway. So, uh, yeah. And then and then Peter Applebaum from the Hieroglyphics Ensemble. Wonderful you know, sax player. He's another one of, one of my heroes who, who's instrumental in kind of the beginning of Everyone Orchestra. Kind of a mentor of sorts. He happens to be in town. And Kenny Brooks from Rat Dog. Um, and it's just, and John Kay is going to be on that one too. It's like, I mean, wow. you know, John Kay is one of my hero musicians that becomes an anchor for a lot of everyone orchestras, you know? So it's just like, it's, it's moments like those when I feel like, all right, I got something really interesting to offer people here and, and I can have that conversation with people. So, but, he, but here's my question on the industry side. Now you've got Brian Asplin, who you, you, you know, Asplin, you've sure. met him, Rob. We Great guy. He's been doing an progress. amazing job. Yeah. You know, uh, working with you. And Chris Perella. Oh, yeah, Chris, that's it's right. A, I, the three of us run the business. Okay. Yeah. But my, my question then is, you've got all these amazing musicians that are, you know, pretty heavy talents on their own. How can you afford to put them all on a stage and doing a gig like this? I mean, to me, it seems like it's, you know, that's $10,000 a talent right there. You know, people aren't doing it for the money. They aren't. I mean, some gigs pay more than others, for sure. sure. Some musicians might make more than others for various gigs, but on the whole... It's people, the musicians are getting something out of this. They're getting friendship. They're getting a unique musical experience. They're getting something that's like, I mean, Steve Berlin from Los Lobos is like, you know what? I'm not scared playing music except for when I'm doing EO. And as an artist, it's really fucking healthy for me to be on the edge and be challenged like that because I'm super comfortable all the rest of the time when I'm performing. And that makes me like, I have to like react in a way that, I don't. I don't have to react in other situations like that. So yeah. that's why he keeps on coming back. But so does he ever get clients out of that? I wonder as well. Oh, yeah. Like because he, he oh, must yeah. working I mean, with people. So I mean, the, what's it like having a producer? Like my my business. My, my mission statement, which I can't recite for you right now, but <laughs> the elements of it were like like to build community, were to bring cause related, you know, to bring action out of it that was related to activism. I was all about. I'm, I'm all about forest. I'm all about positivity i'm all about connection you know yeah positive legacy i'm just i mean i mean you know bringing people together like i i got a lot out of my church growing up and it was it, what i got out of my church was music and outreach and i feel like that's a lot of what i try to 
do with my, as like bring music together and do outreach, you know? And so, but the community aspect of Everyone Works is super strong. I mean, bands have been formed. I mean, a lot of Give an of example albums. of a band that's been formed. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah, to sorry. On the spot. <laughs> Well, one of them is probably a uh, tennis uh, coat or tennis jacket, you know? Turquoise has been very good to uh, some close friends of ours. Could you talk about working with them for a minute? So Turquoise is one of those bands that uh, I, I just I, I adore on so many levels. They, they they're so hungry for the moment in music. Like all of them are just so like ah ready to go. And they're so they're students of music. So they're just like they just like absorb you know. And they just they just want to create create create. So and I've been talking with them about doing like a collaboration with me conducting them just to like, oh, like that. just to become like a I mean, it's not like, it's like, you know, it's like I, sitting with therapist. cheese, sitting with cheese. It is. It's, it's like a therapist in a way. Not that they need therapy, oh, but because do. therapy can be, po- it, can, it can just create different things. You oh, know? absolutely. And so it's like, it's like an X factor. You know, it's like, I, it's funny. I, I conducted cheese last week and, you know, I got, I got a couple hate messages like <laughs> they don't need to be conducted. Well, I'm like. I know they don't need to be conducted. I mean, that's not... The, you know. They don't even need to play shows anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just... It's, 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 an, it's an... I'm asking people to do an experiment, you know? Yeah. Has Bob Weir done it yet? He's never done it with me conducting, but he did it years ago. Um, and it was a Rex benefit, and it was an awesome experience. And actually, through that kind of experience, eventually, I'm on the Rex board. I've been on the Rex board for over six years now. Oh, right on. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been a great experience that way, too. Matt's not only on the Rex board. His wife is on the uh, is, uh, is with the Positive, Positive Legacy. She's an uh, advisory board member. You, She's one of, the fa- she was founders, a, she yeah. fa- one of the founders of Positive Legacy. Oh. And, and Rob's wearing that shirt. I yeah, I got you. to represent them but at Dead & Company table in Atlanta. I was very happy. You're very, you're very active in positive things, be it like Rex or Positive Legacy, etc. Yep. And when it comes to Positive Legacy, I mean, on Jam Cruise, you host uh, uh, one of the, you know, the Everyone Orchestra, the last day, which uh, people have to con- make a contribution. and you know, a- Everyone can it. come to that show at this point. It's, there's yeah. no, it's just a celebration, a celebration of what we though. did. But, the, but, I'm, but I'm a part of the outreach that, that Positive Legacy does every year and right. getting the musicians to be a part of it and just trying to make it special an event and having it be interactive and be not be the standard touristy kind of... Uh, well, t- talk a little bit about that because, I mean, I talk about Jam Cruise way too much. Right. But I never really talk about the musician side and experience of one of the day of services and, and this is what you're, you're kind of light, shedding a light on here. Well, let's see. So, I'll just reflect on, you know, we've been going to Honduras for, I think, three or four times and we've got a, an after-school program there that we've been supporting over the years, and we're basically helping them buy a, a property now, you know. And it's just like this incredible schoolhouse. And uh, you know, I don't quote me on that exactly, no, but, 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 but we're supporting these people to develop their programs, and it's 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 incredible to see it see it develop. And like so, going back to these ports, you know, seeing seeing the good work, we're bringing musicians in to like play music with people, but also just like to work side by side with people to do something during the day. So. Two years ago in Jamaica, one of the greatest projects, a lot of it's just donating money and getting people to come do a service project or interact with like a community that's outside of the tourist zone, like to a real part of the community, so to speak. But two years ago, we helped uh, rebuild a BMX track to an, yeah. to an after-school program. And it was like, it would have taken them years to do what we did in the four hours that we were there. We had like 200 people moving gravel and like pounding it down. I mean, it was like, 
the guy they were in tears at the end because we like we did so like we had so much manpower and so fast we did all this work you know so it's just awesome so you know I don't know just trying to make some good out of the music the music brings people together for a reason that's what I'm trying to do now, like anything in life, not everybody's going to be on board with what you're doing. Yeah. Do you ever ha- get a group on stage and there's one or two that are kind of half-assing and are not soaking it in, and can you ride right over them, or does that throw a wrench in the whole thing? I, I really don't run into musicians that, like, on stage, it, it's easy. So, it's it's easier for some musicians than others, for sure. You know, they're more comfortable to be exposed like that. But people usually just kind of melt into it. They really do, you know, because you realize that there are no mistakes. The only mistakes, the only mistake you can make is to not listen and to not be present. So if you just listen and you're present and you can and do your talent, you're going to be fine. And I, you know, I've run into some inebriated musicians. That's about it. I really have not had, you know, problems beyond, beyond that. And do you throw some fun wrenches in it to keep it interesting? For you? I know it's all impro- improvisational. Sure. But there's still probably got to be a need to do something whacked I mean, out. I have, I have some standard things that I do that are like basic drum circle listening exercises to get everybody on the same page. It's different every time, the result, but it's kind of the same things I'm conducting just to get us settled. I mean, like this stage is kind of the one we're playing tonight has unique demands for monitoring. Oh, yeah. So, so, oh, yeah. so, so the first form. set or the first song is a sound check song for sure. Like, you know, yeah. I so, think they'll get this room. Th- this is the carousel we're talking about. I think it's they a- will get it down in the next year, but this this audio wise, it's still a little not the needs best some help. room in the festival. But it's a fun room. Oh my like, god, it's probably like, the most fun room here. Like I mean, <laughs> the last are the they got it, palm trees there. It's like an right. oasis. And like the last time, the last show we have had two in there so far. The second one was just tremendous. First one was great, but I just feel like the second one the sound was great. The audience was singing. It was just fucking. Well, I some loved of them were coming out of a poetry bo- brothel, having been freshly buffed. Right, like they're ready for some improv. I mean, the the elements of Burning Man and like Oregon Country Fair meeting oh, yeah. here at the at this festival are, are genius. Well, I know you uh, you've got a show to prepare for, so we'll try to wrap. Couple it up more, we got to talk about your studio album. It's partially now. This is one time where you're working with composed and not just no. All no it's all conduct. So so the studio concept was this. I I got a group of musicians together in a studio for two days, and I just conducted improv. Um, I use certain liberties because we're in the studio to be like, okay, we just do a jam. And I'd be like, hey, remember the thing that Steve was playing? And then he'd play it. We'd, okay, cool. So let's do that again. But this time, let's use that as a solo thing. And then we'll just conduct it through a few times and we'll have each one of you solo on it. And then Jans would be like, hey, we got a chorus. I'm like, all right, cool, we'll do that. So, And then we, I just conducted again. And I mean, in the end, I had like, 28 hours of jams <laughs> and but they were but but I'm good at conducting beginning middle and ends right and so I just searched for the best gem like beginning middle and ends and then what I did in the editing process was I just collapsed them because there was definitely sections but you didn't necessarily need to get 10 minutes into that section to get that guy came out solo that to get an album, I just collapsed it down so it's like, oh, we have a six-minute jam now. So there'll be a full version sometime in the future, a box set. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the next studio album, they're going to be selling uh, spots to be a fly on the wall. And 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 that and that was an experiment too, you know. So, but it, I, have you ever heard it? No, I actually just found out about so, it. I would love so, to get a copy. I mean, just it's on Spotify. Just, All right. Just check it out. I will. It's it's funky. 
it's it's cool. It's beautiful. There's some there's some amazing compositions, and most of those compositions just completely happen 100 percent spontaneously, and we're just kind of. They were just collapsed. Really, uh, if I understand correctly, on the album, it actually says 100% organic. You know, we're on the Osiris podcast uh, okay. platform. Yes. And that's a very Fish-driven Tom Marshall and, and yep. RJB who founded Tom Wright's Lyrics oh, cool. to Fish. RJB does a fine, fine Fish podcast. Yeah. Can you talk about working with some of the Fish band members and some memories of well, that? Well, I've really only worked with Fishman. Um, and he really? Was, not even Mike Gordon. I'm surprised. Nope. I've never had Mike or Paige or Trey. It's a funny thing. I don't know. I would They're listening now, guys, and you invite I, them, don't you? You know, it's it, like I said. It's I don't want to force anybody to do it, Certainly but I not. feel like I have something to offer somebody if they're willing to give it up, you know, so to speak. But it takes a it takes a group and a community to kind of like come around for a reason for it to happen. So, uh, and Fishman, you know, he was a huge early supporter, and we came together like around a cause. We had a friend that had a cause. Uh, in Portland um, and that was like a big inception for um, doing Everyone Orchestra actually it was the beginning of Everyone Orchestra another I had done it a few times but then like this friend of mine said hey will you do a benefit show for this new nonprofit that I'm I have an idea for and then you know and she's like and, and John Fishman is a friend of mine you know and I'm like oh I mean I knew Fishman I've met him before through Jam Bay you know we've Jam Bay played with Fish a little bit we had we met, you know, so, and so I proposed that, and I, you know, called him up, hey, would you do this gig for, for Deb? And he's like, yeah. And then the concept happened with Kai Eckhart and John Fishman coming together, having a conversation of improvisation and conducting, and it was a beautiful thing. Have you interacted with Weasel Zappa at all? When Zappa plays Zappa does King Kong, they so, do a very, go ahead. Yeah, so, you know, I've, I've had discussions, I've, I've discussed it with Dweezil, uh on the back of a, you know, cart ride at a festival, and uh, I don't know if he really understood what I was talking about because, you know, he, the way he related to it was like, you know, very specific signals to do specific things that, that, that him or his dad wanted the band to do. Yeah, his dad had like, like 120 of them, right? Right. And so that's not my shtick. I mean, I, I, I can be really direct about getting something from somebody or inviting somebody to take a lead, but I'm asking for, I'm asking for, I'm, I'm, I'm directing people to do something. To I'm not pull saying, their character I'm out. not saying do this. I'm saying, will you do something? What you're doing is pulling the character out where I Zappa so. wanted the composition, to, the, the whole thing to be served more than the individual to be. As far as I know and what I got from the conversation with Dweezil, that's where very different, uh-huh. you know. But we're conducting and I do do punches and I have like some comical stuff because I really believe in humor. Like it's part of it. Like some of the some of the like some of the best moments in everyone orchestra are not like the epic jams. It's where something fucking goes wrong or unexpected, <laughs> and the musicians who are fucking geniuses and really so concerned and like you know they're so on top of their art have this moment of being exposed and surprised and be like, oh whoa, I didn't know that, or you know it might be a mistake, but it actually becomes a beautiful thing and. That can be one of the most beautiful moments. Have you reached out to the jazz community at all, like Branford Marsalis? Or I mean, I've never, I have not reached out to, to Branford. Uh, it's funny. I, I've reached out to jazz festivals, and they don't get it. They're <laughs> well, like, so, this I don't is know, improv. What? This you is have not to come swing. through the musicians. I would. I think. don't know. It's like you know. I, and I like to try to get like Kamasi, you know, really? Kamasi? to speak with his on people. Jam Cruise, come on, they're we gotta, just he's like on Jam Cruise this year. It's they, they don't want to. They, they. You know what though? You, you after the string cheese thing. 
Kamasi's got to do it. I don't know. I mean, hey, don't you, I'm going to make it happen on It's GM a different ask, you know? It's like. I'll tell you what, we're going to do an activity. It's just going to be you and Kamasi. There you go. <laughs> I mean, I have a, I'd have a shit ton to learn from that guy for sure, believe yeah. me. But to have him be part of a large ensemble would be fucking magical, and everyone would love yeah. it, you know? It's like, for one song, let's, let's he could get, do it. Let's get Trey, Kamasi, you know. I mean, Come on, Asplin. Medeski. I know. <laughs> Medeski would be good. Antonio Sanchez on drums. But uh, but then again, you know, we need we need some singer songwriters in there. We need like. Well, the, talk about need, Jennifer Hartswick. She's been a, know, she's been so, like a staple yeah, Jen part and of Natalie. Like they, they bring this like you know this this. But she, when Jen's with you, she's it's almost like when she performs and when she's with you, it, to me it's almost like like this is like yeah no, she's rehearsed this. But a lot of it isn't, and, and she it's not. It's, it's none of it. Is. Can you talk about that? Like how is that? Like for you to it's see, it's taken that. a while. Like again, like I mean. I remember trying to get Jen to do this gig, you know, and she's like, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. It's like, oh, fucking, there's another, like, fish fan, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> and eventually she's like, this is awesome, you know? She's she sold. And then she's like, she's like, you know, and then Peter Applebaum's like, you know, this, this girl, Natalie, she's only 16, but she's fucking the best. She's like, so. Well, Nat- yeah, it's so amazing. Like, Natalie's story is so. It's so mirroring of Jennifer uh, being a young musician and just busting out in this scene big time. And 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 she has her own her own thing too. I hear her like band's that, fantastic. We need to check it out. What's that? I hear her band is fantastic. Tomorrow, she's on right before EO tomorrow on this stage. So I can't wait. Aside from the Dead and Fish guys, who are some of your dream musicians that you've not yet worked with that you'd love to have in one of these ensembles? You know, I mean, uh, um, Peter Gabriel. Ooh. So I, I've worked with Tony Levin. I've I've worked with uh, Jerry Murata. Oh wow! And um, and I've got a really good relationship with Tony from this process. You know, like I, I last time I ran into him, we were at a seven day workshop with Bobby McFerrin at you know at this like retreat. And and, Is and it's funny, I'm, I'm like I'm in the circle, and Bobby's like you know doing this. We're all singing, and then and then Bobby tried to conduct this thing and. And like it kind of broke up, like the thing kind of missed. People didn't know what he said or something. And I get this tap on my shoulder, and it's Tony. He's like, "A dry erase board would have helped for that." You know, that's awesome. Yeah, so so Peter Gabriel, like you know, I mean Sting, like those cats. I really uh, those are, those are my heroes. I would love to like you know get those people in a room and and have them be vulnerable to like having to compose in the moment all together on the spot in front of an audience like that would be the shit yeah awesome now um you you were talking about parents you know zappa and dweezil i wonder you have two kids right yeah what do your kids think about you (laughs) do they get to see you do this they're like do you know chance the rapper (laughs) (laughs) okay exactly like i don't know chance the rapper have you ever done anything with? Uh, yeah, have you, you ever had a rapper? Or yeah, like, if you were going to uh, do sure. a hip hop thing, he would be the first guy I would recommend uh, you ask. I mean, so I mean, at summer camp, I had two young female rappers come join. They were awesome. Uh, I've worked with. I'm so I'm bad with names, and in the moment, I'm 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 blanking. What about one of the uh, get one of the brothel ladies to come out the poetry brothel to come out tonight? That's not a bad idea. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> They've already had their time on stage. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, true. that's true. This is true. And just based on that, you know. I like I'll, that. I have enough musicians coming out tonight. I want to. Who's coming up. out tonight? You uh, got... well, Kyle Hollingsworth, um, Mimi and Mimi, oh, Mimi. Yes. Naja and Jacob from, from Fruition. Fruition. 
Uh, I've got Joe Hurtler from Joe Hurtler and Rainbow Seekers. If you don't know them, don't know them. Got to check out Joe's amazing character, amazing vocalist. Um, uh, I've got uh, Stuart Brooks, who is the bass player and music director for the Grizz Big Band and for Modest Yahoo. Oh, wow! Right? I think Modest Yahoo. I could be wrong again. I don't know, but at the Grizz Big Band, huh? And it's just guy it's chimiest with that. Amazing. It's, I've never played with him. He's the first time tonight. So and Jerry, Jeremy Salkin's playing drums. What's that? Jeremy, yeah, you're saying Yeah, Jeremy Jeremy's our man. Is a chimmy, uh sax player playing. Oh yeah, with, Chime. Chime. Or, Chime. I call or, him Chimmy. Chime, yeah. Chime. Chime. So is he is he with the Grizz Big Band? Yes. Okay. He is. And I didn't know that. I saw him last week and I thought and he said that. And I was like Yeah. And I missed it. So, um. Have musicians ever just jumped on stage unplanned, unannounced, uninvited? Oh, yeah, and you know, I try not to. If I know them and I've signaled them, I'm up, I'm, I'm up for it, obviously. I don't like to get gang rushed. Uh, Phil, can you please stay over there? Yeah, right. Uh, wait I, your turn, sir. You know, so, <laughs> but I understand that I've created somewhat of a monster in calling it everyone oh, orchestra. Right. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried calling it Matt Butler band and that just didn't no. work. <laughs> Matt <laughs> I, Butler tells you what to do. He <laughs> was like fucking pushing a fucking rock up the hill, you know, but no, that was uh, when I was a singer songwriter, you know, but still it was like, I, yeah. I often say this is my singer songwriter project gone awry. And I, I miss that idea that we had a couple years ago to have you, Matt Butler, and Brock Butler dressed up as butlers and go knocking on doors on jam crews and be like, Butler service. <laughs> I have to deal with this guy all the time. Uh, yeah. You get to walk away. All right, so we're going to end this interview by the way we've ended every interview, unless you have well, one wait, last question. That, there's a thing here at, at Electric Forest about people yelling for Carl. Carl! Carl! Oh, no, really? Yeah. Oh, you that's don't like, like a, that? I mean... I was going to say you could work that in. So that's the thing. So, so I'm, I'm a scout master. I'm about to be a scout for, for my, scout my son. I'm, I'm doing it. So this is we'll the first talk. year. Yeah, we got to talk we'll about talk. that. Let's take the oath, bro. <laughs> so, no, I really got to talk about that. And there, there's a, there's a, twice at camp, there's kind of been an issue where some kid, like, does something and his, like, his brother goes, Carl! And then all of a sudden, it's like, it becomes a thing. Right. And people are just going, Carl! Whenever they see this guy, it's like, oh, fuck. Is this mis- is this case having a miserable time? Were they at Electric Forest? No, but it's like, are we at Boy Scout <laughs> Camp? What the hell? So that's a no. I guess oh, we're not going to go ahead and dig into that for you, Rob. We'll have okay. to go out there into How the. How did it start? Well, I mean, uh, no idea. I'm this is my first year. At, at Electric Forest, it doesn't matter. At Rothbury, people were walking around the, the forest yelling, Carl, where's Carl? And to this day, people still do it. And typically, it's right from the, um, the Ranch walkway. Arena to. To, to Under the, the umbrellas, so they're looking for Carl. Yeah, crazy. He's in a tie. All right, so last uh, last question here, here is uh, I'm asking everybody this. Uh, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three, and you're going to say the word that makes you most happy. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, that's a good one. Thank you. I so mean, obviously, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Thanks, Matt.
Yeah, totally. Ah! Right there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that smells.